0: Hey. So the, the, the series that we're going to be beginning here today is a series entitled, um, well, it's a stewardship series, and I'm going to be looking at time, talent, and treasure. The first week is time, next week we're going to be looking at talent, and the next week we're going to be looking at treasure. And I've um, titled this message this morning, Time Mismanagement, Time mismanagement with a question mark at the end of it. So uh, write that down if you're taking notes. And if you... By the way, uh, can Shane and Cindy, could you have some journals ready? I know some people might have missed this last week, and we want to make sure everybody gets them. So if by chance last Sunday you weren't here and you did not get a journal, we have a gift for you today. And we want to make sure you get a gift from the church Uh, uh, for, you know, all the gift-giving season that's been, that we're just concluding, but we want to give you one more gift. So Shane and Cindy have some journals for you. If you didn't get one and you want to raise your hand, say, Pastor, I'd like one of those. And it's just, here's one over here. It's several people raising their hands. So just keep your hand raised until you get a journal in your hands, and uh, then open it up to the first blank page and begin to take notes of today's message. I think that this will be very helpful to you. Very good, and for the rest of you who do have journals, open it up to the page, the next blank page, and uh, let's take some notes for today, and I want to thank again Kathy Baxter for doing such great work, putting these together, working so hard to put these together for you, and if you fill those up this year, as you fill them up, we have some more for you, so come see us again, and we'll give you another one, and we'll keep it going. There's some instructions and some different helpful study tips in that journal as well to help you to be... uh, of, to help you to be successful and productive in your time with the Lord. So um, grab hold of those instructions there as well and that I think will help you, okay? Very good. Have you, uh, who, who who watched the Facebook Live uh, services this past week? Anybody? Did you get a lot out of it? Did you enjoy that? I hope so. Uh, it helps us, I have some people telling me that it's really helped them to give perspective to the different things that are going on in the world today uh, as it relates to um, prophecy, in times prophecy in particular, and uh, I know that Jesus is coming back soon. I don't know when, but I know it's soon. You see all the different signs all around that are going on, and all these things that are going on are not just bad news. It's not just awful what's going on as much as it is awful, and it is bad news, we also understand as we look at it through the lenses of prophecy, of, of the lenses of what the end times prophecy is in God's Word, we realize that these things must happen, and Jesus said it. These things must happen, and then the end will come. You can go back and look at it on Facebook Live, uh, the, about 30 minutes each for each night, Monday through Friday. And so devote some time to it this week. If you missed it last week, and jump in there. And if you feel like, too, that this would be helpful for some of your friends on Facebook, then please share those uh, broadcasts, those times together with your friends as well and say, hey, this might be a helpful thing for you. And I'd appreciate that. And let's keep, you know, keep, keep the legs going on that for, um, you know, for other folks that might be encouraged and helped by that. So praise the Lord. Hey, it is said that time is the most valuable commodity known to man. Think about this for just a moment. Once time is used, it can never be used again. And also, time that is unused cannot be redeemed later on. And it can be an effective resource for us or a wasted resource for us, depending on if it's used efficiently or frivolously. Now, it's all in how we approach the resource and our stewardship of the gift of time. God has given each of us the gift of time, and today you've used that time to come be part of what we're doing here today. Now, as Christians, we're called to make the best use of time that God has given us, and our best use of it is for the use of the kingdom of Christ. Now, I'm here to tell you this morning that Jesus Christ is worth every moment that we can spend giving to Him of our time. Jesus Christ is worth us giving Him the best of our time. Jesus Christ is worth it because our relationship with Jesus should be the most valuable thing that we have. I want to read to you a scripture out of Matthew chapter 13, verses 45 and 46. It's part of some parables that Jesus was telling, and this was a very brief one, and here it is. It says, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything that he had and bought it. Now, when a person finds Jesus, and when a person embraces the things of his kingdom, it costs everything. And by the way, that should be okay for us, that when we find Jesus, it should cost us everything. We should be perfectly fine with that, because the bottom line is, in Christ, we have everything that we need. Now, I want to give you an illustration based on that. Here's a man who approached a jewelry display at a jewelry store, a fine jewelry store, and he saw this one magnificent pearl, and he desired it. And the buyer approached, as he, as he approached the seller behind the counter, he said, how much does this exquisite pearl cost? And the seller said, well, it'll cost you everything that you have, nothing more and nothing less. And the buyer considered for a moment and made the decision. He said, I'll buy it. So the seller says, well, what do you have in the bank? And the man says, well, I have $100,000 and some change. He said, okay, write a check because it's going to take that. And so the man wrote the check out. Then the buyer, rather the seller said, okay, well, how about the money in your pocket? What do you have in your pocket? And he pulled out his wallet and pulled out the change. And he said, I got $56.24. He said, okay, it's going to take that too. So he just laid it on the counter. He said, now then, what about other possessions that you have? What about your house? He says, well, I have a house. He said, okay, I'm going to need the deed to that. okay. So he gave him the deed, the debt. How about cars? Do you have cars? He says, well, yeah, I have a, I have a, I have a couple of cars. He says, I I can just, I guess I can just, in fact, beyond the house, I guess I'll just stay in the garage. He says, oh, you have a garage? Yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah I'll take that garage too. I said, well, I'll just stay in the car in the garage. Well, I'll take the car too. He says, do you have more than one car? He says, yeah, I have two cars. He says, well, I'll take both cars. So he's got all the money in the bank, all the money out of his pocket. He's got his house, his garage, both cars. What else do you have? He says, well, I have some other possessions. I have some furniture. I have some things inside the house, some other sort of special things that are important to me and special to me. He says, I'll take all of that. So everything inside the house, everything that the man and he said, now let's move on. What about your relationship? He says, well, I have a spouse. He says, okay, I'll take her. He says, you can have her. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. He says, what about children? Do you have children? He says, yeah. He says, I'll take the children too. Finally, when he looked around, he realized he didn't have anything left. And the seller finally asked one more question. He said, and now I'll take you. So then the man said, okay, I'm yours. So he took his money. He gave his money. He gave his house, he gave his garage, his cars he gave all of his possessions, he gave his spouse he gave his children, he even gave himself but then the seller did something very interesting he says okay I'll tell you what now that I have all these things and they're in my ownership, I now give them back to you I return them to you but only for your stewardship but don't forget that everything that you just gave me is still mine, including you as well When I need them, you must give them to me because now I am the owner. All for that pearl, that magnificent, exquisite pearl of great price. And I think you understand what we're going with on this whole parable because that's the proper exchange that we should have with Jesus. All that represents us, church, And you think about that in your life. What represents you? That's what Jesus is asking for. The pearl of great price is worth, will cost us everything, but he is all that we need. It all belongs to Jesus, church. All of your finances, all of your possessions, all of your relationships, even all of your talents, all of your plans, all of your hopes, all of your dreams, Everything belongs to Jesus. As we've given our lives to Christ, He now owns everything, but places them back in our care to steward for His glory. Now, how are we doing with this today? Do we even look at everything that represents us in this way? I wonder. I wonder if instead we maybe silo those things. All right, Lord, all of this stuff, this big pile of stuff right here, this house, this car, this job, my talents, my possessions, my family, all of this, this belongs to me. All this stuff right here is mine. And this little bit right here, my heart, that belongs to you. It's not how it works. It's not like we're on let's make a deal where we're going to take what's behind the curtain, Monty. I'll take that for $100. And by the way, I'll not only take that, but I'm going to keep this stuff as well doesn't work that way. I'll take this salvation card, Jesus. I thank you for this get out of hell free card. I'm just going to tuck it right back here in my back pocket. Thank you very much, Jesus. But I'm going to keep living my life for myself. All this other stuff is still mine. But I thank you, Lord, that one day when I die, I'm going to heaven. That's not how it works. Church, that's not how it works. Hopefully over the next several Sundays, as we... We're reminded last week, and you're going to keep hearing this from me until I hope you get sick of it, until I hope that it becomes something that rings in your ears, the first thing when you wake up and the last thing before you go to bed and all throughout the day, that we must live our lives with eternity in mind because Jesus Christ is coming back soon. And everything that we do must be done with eternity in mind, with his kingdom in mind to take off the old man, to take off the deeds of darkness once and for all, and to put on Christ, as we read in Romans last week. Last week, I did challenge you out of Romans 13, and it says these words that it's high time to lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on Jesus. It continues by saying the night, this present evil age, is far spent, and it's almost over, it says. And the day is nearly here. And what is the day? The day is his eternal righteous kingdom. Jesus is coming back. He's almost here, church. He's at the door. He's moments away from coming and taking us away. He could come back at any moment for us. So we live our lives with eternity in mind. Church, in all that we say, in all that we do, in all that we think, we prioritize Jesus and his kingdom because he is the pearl of great price. He's worth us giving our all to. He asks us for nothing more, but he asks us for nothing less than our all because that's what Jesus gave to us, did he not? He gave us His all. And so we respond by doing the same. I think many of us lack the understanding of that. When we give Jesus our heart, that all the rest of this stuff that represents us should and must, and really does, whether we like it or not, come along with it. It's just that many of us have a hard time letting go of it or maybe understanding it. So today... And for the next several weeks, I hope that we'll be able to loosen our grip of the things that are ours and recognize that everything belongs to Jesus. I'm certain that many of us haven't allowed Jesus to be the Lord of all of our life. But we've, when we give Jesus our hearts, we must, we must, we must give him our all. Galatians 2.20, this is what the Apostle Paul wrote referring to this. He said, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ now lives in me. I'm dead, and Jesus is now living in this body that, that he's giving me to steward. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, we're dead to ourselves. I hope that when you see me standing up here, I hope that when you have interactions with me throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout this year, that you don't see Brian, but that you see Jesus. I hope that that's your goal as well, that as you stand before man in your day-to-day, that people don't see you, but they see Christ in you and through you, Because you and I have been crucified with Jesus Christ, and therefore we no longer live. But Jesus Christ now lives in us and through us. And that, church, is what will change the world. When we accept Jesus, we die to ourselves. When we accept Jesus, we die to our desires. We die to our plans. We die to our dreams. And that's a good thing. Because our dreams, our desires, our plans, ourselves, those things without Christ will rust, will corrode, will fade away. They're not worth the paper that they're written on. They're not eternal in nature. They're not eternal in value. They're not eternal in scope. Our plans, church, are all about our temporary kingdom. But God's plans for you and through you eternal Jesus extends an invitation this way in Matthew 16 verses 24 and 25 whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me for whoever wants to save their life will lose it but whoever loses their life for me will find it well that just does not make sense in the natural does it but Jesus is saying, you lose yourself and you'll gain life beyond your imagination. But you try to hold on to your life and you're going to lose it. That doesn't make sense. But that's the exchange that Jesus is asking us to make with him of that pearl of great price that it'll cost us everything that represents us. But he's worth the price. We take up our cross daily and we follow Jesus. He's the pearl of great price that will cost us everything, but He is everything that we need. And here's another great promise by Jesus if we do this Matthew 19, 29. He said, Pastor, this is asking an awful lot. I know, but I'm not asking it. Jesus is. And He says this if you leave your house, if you leave your brother, your sister, your father, your mother, your wife, your child, your, your fields for my sake, if you give it all up, if you die to yourself, if you do all this that we've been talking about, if you do that for me, you're going to receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. And here's the thing. Some people saying, well, that's not a bad exchange. I think I'm going to give a dollar and I'm going to get a hundred dollars back. That's not what he's talking about. If we think in the natural, in the flesh, we think, okay, Jesus, I'm going to hold you to this. Now, he will bless you as you are a blessing, but our goal is not to bless so that we can be blessed and get more for us. Our goal is that we're blessed so that we can continue to be a blessing for him. We're a conduit, not a receptacle. He wants to bless us so that we can be a blessing. And then he bonuses it and says, oh, guess what? I'm going to give you a bonus. How about eternal life? How, far, how long is eternity? Anybody? It's forever. It will never fail. It will never fade. It will never expire. It will never give up. Eternity in with him. He's going to give us eternal life. and he's got, In other words, he's going to bless us on this earth abundantly so that we can be a blessing in every way. And then he's going to give us eternal life. I cannot think of a better deal out there, folks, than the exchange that we give. Everything that represents us that we don't owe in any way because we've given our lives to the Lord. And then he says, I'll tell you what, I'm gonna bless you so you can be a blessing in a way that you can't contain it. Press down, shaken together, running over in every area of your life so that you can be a blessing. And then at the end of your life, when you breathe your last, you're gonna be with me for eternity in a perfect place where there's no more sin, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more death, no more of anything that we're experiencing on the earth. I'll take that deal. How about you? But you gotta give it all, it'll cost you everything. He's a pearl of great price, but he's worth every penny because he's all that we need. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no human mind has conceived the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Yes, in eternity, but also I believe here on the earth. He has some awesome blessings for you in every area of your life. As we enter 2024, and as we draw nearer, to the return of Jesus, what might giving Jesus the best of our self look like? As we live life with eternity in mind, what adjustments might we make? What areas must we die to? Where have we neglected to take up our cross and follow Jesus that we can do in 2024? that we can do starting today as we end our time of fasting and prayer this week. Today, we're ending it. What can we do to say, all right, Lord, I've set this first week aside. I've fasted and prayed. I've spent time with you. You've worked in my heart. You've spoken to me. Now, this is kind of like you're sealing the deal Sealing the deal here, Jesus. Holy Spirit, you're convicting me of some things that I haven't given up to you, and today is my day. What of this world do you need to cast off? And what of Jesus do you need to put on today? It's a sobering question. It's an important question. It's a question that will impact your eternity in a lot of ways and your impact here on this earth. Because, church, we all have a responsibility to steward well our resources that He's entrusted into our care. There's three main categories I said at the beginning our time, our talent, and our treasure. Those are the three main resources that God has given us if you want to put them in great big pots. Now, here's the thing about time all of us have the same amount of time. You think about that? Every single one of us this past week, from last Sunday to this Sunday, We had 24 hours in any given day. You can't come up to me and say, Pastor, I only had 23 hours on Wednesday. I don't know what happened. No. You had 24 hours every single day. And if you do the math, 24 times seven is a lot. It's 168 hours. We've all been given the same amount of time. Now, we've been given various talents. And we've all had a certain amount of treasure. All of it is to steward well for the Lord. And we'll get on those other two in the next couple of weeks. But how can we steward them well with eternity in mind? How can we take the time that we have and steward our time? Let's look at time management today. This message today is really going to be represented by this visual. Now, what you see here today is some jars with some things. I'm going to tell you what this, this is sand. This is water, and there's a couple of neat balls in here, but also there's some marbles at the bottom of these cups right here. I put them in a cup so they wouldn't roll all over the place. Now, this ball right here represents um, our relationship with Jesus. Notice how big it is. And these marbles right here represent, the several here, they represent our spouse, our children, our friends, our family, our church family, People like that. This sand right here represents, oh, the things we need to do. We go to work to make a living to pay the bills. We go to school so that we can get an education and get a diploma. We take Fluffy and Fido to the vet. We go to the grocery store so we can, you know, buy some groceries and cook food for our family. We clean the house. We mow the lawn. We, things like that. Just the things we have to do and that's important you got you got to do those things this water right here represents our fun time it represents i don't know playing video games it represents social media on facebook and things like that it represents golfing and skiing and you know represents shopping and and all the different things that all the men and women and the boys and the girls do fun stuff going to go hunting we're going to go fishing and all the stuff, you know the stuff you like to do. Everybody has something different. That's what this water is. So, now these right here, these represent our lives. Two different versions of our lives, by the way. That's why I have two different balls, two different cups, two different containers. Now, there is a blessed way of doing things, and there's an unblessed way of doing things. How many wants to live a life that is blessed by the Lord? How many wants to live a life that's unblessed by the Lord? Because I'll talk to you later about that. You're not in a good place. I think we all want to live a life that is a life that's blessed by the Lord. And again, we've all been given 24 hours in any given day, 168 hours in a week. All of us have the same amount of this time in our lives. So here's what happens. If we live an unblessed life, if we don't handle our money, rather our time in the right way, then what we do is we we misprioritize these things. So let's do this. This is our unblessed life. This will represent our unblessed life. And our unblessed life likes to start off by saying, well, I'm going to make sure I have enough room for this fun stuff. I have got to have some fun in my life. You just don't know how stressful my life is, Pastor. I have got to I've got to unwind. I mean, I've got to, I've just got to let off some steam here, you know. I've got to get away. I got to do the things that I got to do and just don't mess with my relaxing times that I need. So let's just put maybe a little bit more in there because it's going to, I think 2024 is going to need a little more fun time there. So yeah, that looks about right. I'm going to make sure I'm going to have space for my fun time. Looks pretty good, huh? Now, I also know that I got to work. I got to go to school. I got bills to pay. I got grades to, you know, I got tests to take, and I got to graduate. I got to get out of seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade. I got to get a diploma because I'm not living with my parents for the rest of my life. Amen? I'm in the basement. Amen, parents? Amen, parents? Wow. <laughs> okay. All right. And, and, you know, we, we got we to gotta, we gotta take Fido and Fluffy to the vet. I mean, those things got to happen, you know. You got to take care of some stuff. You got to go to the doctor. You got you to gotta go grocery shopping. You got to take care. You got to mow the lawn. Please mow the lawn. Please wash your car. You know, please, please clean your house. Do the stuff that you're supposed to do, right? That's what the sand is. So got to do that. This is the stuff I, I want to do. This is the stuff I have to do. But I'm going to put it in here because, you know, it's important. Got to fill this thing up. Smokey. Yeah, there we go. Got room for it. So we're going to put it in there. Just take that thing and just fill it right on up. Awesome. Phew, there's a lot of stuff I got to do. And there you go. Okay. So, there's our life. There's our life right there. That's nasty, by the way. I wouldn't drink that. Now, what we end up doing with this is that we have the stuff that we have to do, the stuff that we want to do, and you can see that's all mixed together. Now, what we end up with then is we say, well, you know, I got a spouse, and I got some kids, and I got some friends, and I got some folks from the church, so I better make sure you know, got to squeeze them in somehow. So, all right, so here's my spouse. And ideally, this sand's supposed to be all the way to the top. So bear with me here and use your imagination because this is supposed to be right on the top. I didn't quite fill it up enough with, uh, I should have filled it up with less water. But these things just drop right down in there. It's not a real good situation, but it should be on the top. I'm going to give room for my spouse. Actually, I'm going to give room for my friends first. How about that? I'm going to hang out with my friends. I'm going to hang out with some other people. Here's my friends, some other people like that. Okay, I got... Church folks, they're important. We're going to do all that. And then finally, okay, here's my kids. All right, I'm going to give my kids some room. And finally, I guess I can give my spouse some time. Yeah. I mean, she knows I love her, right? So, well, all right, Jesus. I'm sorry here, but I'm not sure I got enough room for you. But I'm going to try. I'm getting ready to make a mess here, you guys. Hey, give me one of, them, one of them sheets down there. One of them prayer sheets down there. You got anything? You got Anybody got a? Okay. All right. Jesus, I'm going to put you right here. And, yeah, not quite enough room there for you. I mean, ideally, Lord, I'd really like you to be in here where you're touching my friends and you're touching the things I got to do. I mean, you're touching my fun time a little bit, but not much. I mean, you're kind of just sitting there on the top. And you know, this is kind of how we live our lives. The unblessed way is that we put Jesus kind of out there somewhere and put him last and kind of like he's an afterthought. We're going to come on Sundays, on occasion, when we have time, when we feel like it. We're going to study his word and spend time with him on occasion if we are able to fit him in. Our relationship with the Lord is not a priority. Uh, I feel like that time being the great equalizer, I feel like time with us being able to uh, uh, say, okay, we all have these 168 hours in the week, that we all should be able to do this a little better, but we really don't. A lot of times I would say, I would hate to say this, and I don't know if it's true, but I think maybe most of the church lives their lives this way. Where Jesus maybe has some room on the top, and really, I would say the sand coming up all the way and these balls at the top, maybe even some of the family falls off, certainly Jesus rolls off on occasion. He doesn't even, hardly even make it on top of our lives, let alone inside. We may say, I don't have enough time for Jesus. Jesus. I don't have time, Pastor. I mean, you just went all through all that stuff, all the fun stuff, all the responsibilities, all the relationships, and then you're asking me to put Jesus somewhere in there. But really, what you're saying is not so much that I don't have enough time, but what you're saying is I haven't allocated enough time to that particular thing in my life as a priority because it's not that important to me. Jesus, you're not really that important to me. I thank you for salvation. I thank you that I can come to church every once in a while. I thank you that in case of emergency, I can call the pastor and he can pray for me because of this awful thing that I'm going through. But I really, really don't have a whole lot of space for you, if any at all. In other words, we devote time to what's important to us. Now, that is the unblessed order. We take and we do these things that are not uh, going to help us to grow in our relationship with the Lord. And it's a choice we make because this is where our heart is. And I want to ask you, does this display right here, this visual display, represent your walk with the Lord? Does it represent how you prioritize your life? Is family an afterthought? Do you have room for Jesus Do you love him more than life itself? Have you prioritized him as number one in your life? Matthew 6, 21, Jesus says this very plainly. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So again, we're going to make sure we have time, first and foremost, for the fun stuff. And we certainly have to make time for the stuff that's required of us. And yeah, there's some family situations that we need to make sure of to make sure we're just kind of riding along with that. But having me put Jesus in my life is an impossible task. It's really a hard issue. By the way, with Jesus and in every area of our life, it's always a hard issue. Everything is a hard issue with him. Where's your heart? Is your heart in the water? Is your heart in the sand? Is your heart in the marbles? Now, I'm not saying we don't need to have fun. I'm not saying we don't need to have leisure. I'm not saying that we shouldn't work, that we shouldn't take care of our routine responsibilities. And we certainly need to spend time with our family, but we've got to put things in the proper order. Let's try this a different way. Matthew 6.33 gives us a God-blessed order of things. He He says in 6.33, but seek first God's kingdom and God's righteousness, and then all these things will be given to you as well. In other words, as we seek after Jesus first, and we let our heart be his first and foremost, and we prioritize him above above all the rest of the things in our life, then we'll have time for the rest, and we'll be better at the rest. You'll be a better spouse. You'll be a better parent. You'll be a a better employee. You'll be a better student, young people. You'll do your routine things better with a better attitude. You'll be a better witness to others. You'll be a better example of who Jesus is. Your playtimes will be more refreshing, more wholesome, more God-honoring. You'll simply manage your time better. You'll be a better steward of the 168 hours in your week that the Lord gives you. I want to try this illustration one more time, and let's try it in a different order. If we prioritize Jesus first and foremost, then we're going to take this jar that represents our life in this blessed order, and we're going to make sure he goes in there first. There's going to be room for Jesus in our life, no matter what. Jesus is number one. He's the pearl of great price. We make sure that he's fit in the very core, in the very foundation Of who we are. And then. And in this order. We take these things that represent our relationships. Kelly I love you. And you are going in next. My spouse. I love my boys. They're going in next. I love my grandchildren. They're going in next. Oh my goodness. They just keep coming them grandkids. I'll put a few more in there. You know what? I've got some close friends. I love them. They're important in my life. And I've got this church family here. I'm going to make sure they go in there too. And if you notice how that ball is touching all the marbles. I love that. So my, my spouse, my children, my grandchildren, my loved ones, my close friends, my church family, it's all in there. And they're all touching Jesus. They all made it in. Now, some other things that I got to do. I got to work. I got, a, I got grass to cut. I got cars to wash. I got repairs to make. I got, you know, groceries. I, I got Fido and the whole bit, right? We all do. I'm going to put that in there next and make sure there's room for it. So, Jesus, I'm sorry I'm not trying to cover you up. I know you can breathe, and loved ones, you're good. I'm going to fill this thing up. I got some responsibilities. I got some chores. I got some things that I have to do. It's the right thing to do. Bible says, if you don't work, you don't eat. I'm going to work because I like to eat. All right. There we go. Well, Jesus is still in there, see? And there's all my friends and loved ones and family down there. I got all this stuff taken care of in my life. I'm going to just go ahead and take the stuff I got to do and do them. I got 168 hours. We all do. I want to make sure and prioritize it right. Finally, I love to have some fun. You know, I don't think as a Christian, being a Christian, should not, you should not be sourpuss, stick in the mud, boring people. Christians should have the most fun of anybody in the world. And all the rest of you sourpusses need to say amen too. Listen, we should have fun. But it should be clean fun. It should be fun that we should not regret later. We don't have to repent of it later. It's good old clean fun. I am the king of that. You know that. I can have some fun and not ever regret it later and not feel bad about the interaction that I had with any of you. We can have some fun, and it can be clean and not regret. And we need to go out and go fishing. We need to go out and go, you know, shopping. And we need to go out and play golf. And we need to go out and just let off some steam. We need it. God has made us to be able to play and have fun. It shouldn't be all serious. Oh, I'm going to be a Christian. That means I've sucked on a lemon all day long. And I'm, No. I'm going to go out and let off some steam and have a good time and and laugh with some friends, go out to eat with some some friends and and go have some activities with them. I'm going to go watch a nice clean movie or play some card games or whatever. It's okay to have fun as a Christian. Turn to someone and say, it's okay to have fun, so start doing it. (laughs) Start doing it. Start doing it. Right. Good night. Too many sourpuss Christians. I'm sick of it. Listen, if you make it to heaven, God bless you, but you're going to be way over there in that section, the sourpuss section. I'm going to go over here and have some fun in the party section, okay? With Jesus. And he, Jesus laughed. One of my favorite pictures is laughing Jesus. He's a, he, he made laughter. He made fun. He created it. Satan is the one that's perverted it. All right. So right. I'm going to have some fun in my life. All right, you guys, hold your breath. Here we go. Look at how that water fits in there. Oh, it's seeping down. That's so good. It's doing just like it's supposed to. All that fun, look how that's going in there. Excuse me, unblessed life. I'm going to push this right here. See how that's turning darker? I got room for fun in my life all throughout the week. Not just a little bit at the top that's left. I'm going to have some more fun. I'm going to wait for a few seconds and have some more fun. (laughs) This is fun. Look how much fun I'm having. Look how much fun a blessed life is. Oh, my goodness, there's room for more fun. I'm loving this. Come on, fun. It's better on this side. Look, Look, there's Jesus. Well, you can see my point. A blessed life is putting things in the right order. Church, we have 168 hours in a week. And you may have up to this point in 2021, 2022, 2023, last decade, the decade before that, maybe you're saying, man, I I just cannot seem to get things in sync here in my life. I feel like I've got more month than money. I feel like I've got more times in the week than I have things to do. I'm just busy. I'm stressed. I'm overwhelmed. Can I propose to you that starting today, in 2024, this first full week of 2024, That we take those four main things in our life, those four ingredients, if it were, of our relationship with Jesus, of our relationship with our family and friends, of our responsibilities that we have, the things that we have to do to live our lives, and then of the fun that we can have in the times of letting off steam, and we... Pack our lives in that order. You may look at that and say, well, pastor, I'm a whole lot more like this than I am like this. And I want to be more like this than I am like that. And here's how you do it. You take and you dump out all the rest of the stuff that looks like this and repack it like that. That's all you have to do. Well, pastor, I don't know how to do that. It's pretty simple. Just say, all right, Lord, here it is. I give you all of my fun stuff. I give you all of my stuff I have to do, the responsibilities. I give you my relationships. And Lord, I give you my life because I want you to be the center, the core of it. And so I'm going to unpack all this stuff and lay it out. And I need you to help show me how to repack it. Now, that's going to be a learning process for all of us because what we're used to is doing it maybe this way or maybe certain ways of this way. But the Holy Spirit can help us to say, okay, unpack it and put me first and then watch what happens. You know, the Bible says, as I said, if you seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, then all these things are going to be added unto us. If you do it the first way, I want you to look at something here too. If you do it the first way, this particular ball doesn't get to touch much of anything. But if you do it this way, does not the relationship with Jesus touch your family and friends, touch the things you have to do, and touch the things that you get to do as fun? Everything in there is touching Jesus in this way. And don't you know that everything in our lives Jesus needs to touch? Jesus needs to touch us so that we can be a better spouse, a better parent, a better worker, a better student. Jesus needs to touch us so we can have fun in a way that we don't have to go back and repent. Jesus needs to touch us in every area of our life so that we can be a better person all the way around. He will impact every area of our life. Time management. It's really proper stewardship of the time God has given equally to each one of us. There's this unblessed order and there's a blessed order. And it's a heart issue, a priority I want to challenge you in 2024, make time for Jesus as your number one priority. Then add all these other things in and around him and your relationship with him. Because church, he is our pearl of great price. He will cost you everything that you have and everything that you are. But you'll find that when it's all said and done, he's all that you will ever need. So if you've poured the things in your life in the wrong order, today's a great day to dump it all out, repack it and put Jesus first and then add these other things to it. That way he can touch and impact every area of your life and you can better steward the time that he's gifted you for his glory. This speaks to my heart and this should speak to all of our hearts and this challenges me and I hope it challenges you i to ask Tim if you come on up and just kind of give me a little bit of traveling music here. And for those of you who are watching at home as well, this should be for us, all of us today, something that is a very practical but yet very spiritual thing for our lives. What does your 168 hours look like in any given week? And how is it that your life can look more like this and less like this? I would invite you all to stand with me this morning and I would invite you to come to this altar this morning and those of us who have our lives look more like this and not quite like this, I would encourage you to come on up and say, all right, Lord, I'm gonna come and do, a, do some work here. I'm gonna, do a, I'm gonna do a transaction with you today. I'm gonna do some business with you today. So come on up. This is a great time to just say, all right, Lord, I'm gonna unpack everything here Come on, let's just come on up. I know there's more people that need to come up, so stop looking around. It doesn't matter. Everyone, some of you want to come up when you're afraid. Don't, don't be afraid. It doesn't matter. Truly, everybody most likely needs to come up here, but that's fine if you want to stay where you are. We're going to do business where you are as well. But I would encourage you uh, to just be honest with yourself, and I think we can all do better. We can all do better. So let's just all do better, Right? you're not confessing when you're coming up here that you don't have Jesus in your heart I know you do I'm not worried about that you're not confessing that you're that you're that you're you know not gonna that you that you're you know living in sin and all that I know you're fine I, you know we all mess up that's fine but this whole priority thing and the way that Jesus is just bobbing around on the top of this particular example I think many of us are that way you say okay Now is a great time to do this. January 7th, 2024. As I'm living my life with eternity in mind, I want to make sure that I have the fundamentals right. And that is that I want to put Jesus at the core of my heart. So this is what we're going to do. Everybody that's standing up, everyone that's here at the altar, everyone that's at home, I want you to just right now. I'm going to pray for you, but I'm going to kind of pray through a process, okay? So I want you to do what I'm praying here, okay? So just kind of follow my instructions in prayer, and you're going to do business individually with the Lord right now. Do this at home as well. So let's bow our heads in prayer and get ready. Let's get ready to do some business with the Lord, okay? Now, Jesus, we do love you. Oh, we love you. We thank you for dying for our sins. We have you in our heart. You're the Lord of our life, but maybe we have not packed our lives the way that we need to up to this point, Maybe we're treating you not so much like the Pearl of Great Price as a convenient uh, get-out-of-hell-free card that we kind of tap into on occasion. I'm not sure where exactly we are in that, but Lord, you know our hearts. And I pray that you, thank you for exposing our hearts today for, how, 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 for the truth of where it really is that we've not treated you in most of our life as the pearl of great price. We haven't given you everything. We do silo this stuff right here as ours and then this little bit right here is yours. Forgive us for that. We're sorry. Lord, help us to realize that our our abilities, our job, our possessions, our home, our cars, uh, our family, even our very lives belong to you. It costs us everything, our commitment In relationship with you, and that's a good thing because we realize at this moment that you're all that we need. Now, we thank you that you've given us these things back. Our jobs, our homes, our cars, our families, our very lives are still ours in that sense, but they're not ours because we're really just stewarding them. You have the title, you have the deed, your name is on them, all of these things. Help us to see that, Lord, that you've just loaned them back to us so that we can use them for your glory. Time is one of those things. Time is a gift from you to us. And Father, we have been frivolous with it. We've spent time watching a bunch of TV. We've spent time playing a lot of video games. We've spent time on social media like crazy, our, our phones, our computers, our, our smart devices have got us trapped. Forgive us for not prioritizing our time. As we got ourselves fixed on that, we have neglected to just pivot our eyes up just a little bit to see the harvest field that is ripe unto harvest. Forgive us for spending time doing so many things that are not a good stewardship of the 168 hours that we have in any given week. We repent. We repent. Now, Lord, there's a lot of things in this unpacking that we need to unpack, so we're gonna do that starting now. We just dump out, Now, this is what I want you guys to do, just visualize doing this. We dump out our fun stuff, our stuff we have to do, the responsibilities, our relationships, spouse, children, loved ones, and you. We put it all in front of us, Now, Lord, we just empty out ourselves right now because we need to reprioritize our lives right now. We got you bobbing around on the top somewhere, and that's not how it needs to be. So we lay it all out there in front of us. Now, Holy Spirit, help us. As you're emptying us out, and truly help us to do that, Lord. Help us to really give up these things. Don't just, that we wouldn't hold on to any of it. Lord, there's not going to be not even one drop of water that we're going to hold on to of the fun stuff. It all is yours. Everything. This is 100%. We dump it all out. Give us the courage to do that. And lay it right there in front of us. Now, Lord, we give you permission. And we make that choice to t- take you as the relationship that you are, that pearl of great price. Now, may we put you in our hearts first, right there at the center. Now, we realize what we just did because what you just asked us to do and what we've committed to is we've committed our complete beings to you. That pearl of great price that costs us everything, we just now made that exchange. Lord, be the center. Jesus, be the center. Be the center of our lives. Be the core. Be the foundation. Be there as as the primary pursuit of our lives. A relationship with you. Time spent with you in your word. Time spent with you in prayer. Time spent with you here in church. Time spent with you worshiping. Time spent with you where I can grow in relationship with you. I need it. I want it. If I don't have it, I'll die. Let that be our attitude, that you're not some siloed afterthought. You're not bobbing around on the top of our lives, barely touching anything. But, Lord, may you be the center that touches and impacts and drives and steers and guides us in every possible way. May you touch everything in our lives because it's all yours. So, Lord, we place you right here in the center. Now, Lord, we take our family, our loved ones, our church family, our friends, those that are dear to our hearts. Lord, we take that first one that, that's our spouse. We place him or her in our hearts. We take our children next and we place them in our hearts, our grandchildren. We place them in our hearts next. Lord, they're touching you right now. They're surrounding you. They're all around you. Our friends, our loved ones, our church family we place those all in there as well they're all touching you they're all revolving around you like satellites to a planet like moons to a planet We're, we're all touching you so we can be that better spouse that better parent that better grandparent that better co-worker that better church member that better man and woman of god that you called us to be because you are touching those lives so thank you lord we give you those the difficult relationships even place those in there as well the challenging ones that you would are so tempted to leave out of that jar don't do it put it in there as well he'll give you the grace now take the sand that's your responsibilities that your work and all the different things we talked about and now Lord we ask that you you help us to pour that in there now we see how it just kind of gets into every nook and cranny of our lives, still touching you, still touching our friends and family. And Lord, we realize that as we do that, that now we can be a, because you're impacting us in these areas, because you're touching them, we're a better worker, we're a better parent, we're we're better at at all these sort of things, because you're touching these things that we're responsible with. We're going to have a better attitude when we have to cut the grass or when we have to Fix the fix the, 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 the appliance or when we have to go grocery shopping. We don't have an attitude when we're out and about. We're being good witnesses for you. We're doing everything as unto you, with the joy of the Lord being our strength. You're impacting the things that we have to do, our responsibilities. You are touching every part of our lives, even the stuff that's a drudgery, even the stuff that's a chore, our schoolwork, our interaction with our teachers and classmates, our boss and co-workers, everything. You're making a difference. Christ is, is 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 coming out from us because you're touching our responsibilities, so that what we do, we're doing with excellence, as unto you, and for your glory. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Just we got to pour that in there. Stuff we need to do now, Lord. We thank you that there's plenty of room for the fun stuff, and we put that in last. But it certainly not means it's certainly not mean it's the least. We thank you, Lord, that we can let off steam, that we can have some fun, that we can hang out with friends, that we can do some stuff. And when we do it and you're touching it, we're not going to the bars anymore. We're not, we're not hanging out with, with our friends that, that want to swear and tell dirty jokes and all that. We're, we're, not, we're not doing things that we, got, that we feel dirty about and we got to go and repent about later. We're not going to do that anymore because you're touching those things. You're impacting, you're influencing the decisions that we make in our fun time. Lord, let those be times of refreshing. Let those be times of, 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 of encouragement and strengthening us, of holy laughter and, and just fun. Thank you, Lord, that Christians are the most fun people on the, in the world. And Lord, we thank you that all that fun is nothing that we'll ever regret but it's stuff that will refresh us. And in that, we can be a good witness to you. In the fun, we can be a good witness to you. Lord, help our speech. Let our, the jokes that we tell not be off colored Let the activities that we do not be shaded with compromise and gray. Let what we do be a great representation of you. And they will as you are touching them. And you're guiding us in those right ways. Lord, let 2024 be a year... And going forward, where the relationship that we have with you is at the core and everything else is stacked around it. As we seek first your kingdom, your righteousness, then all these other things will be added unto us in a way that will glorify you as we keep eternity in mind in all that we say, all that we do, all that we think. Today, we take off the deeds of darkness and we put on Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for helping us, not just today, but every day. Help us to work this new muscle and let it become after a while kind of an automatic thing for us. It's kind of what we've been used to now. We've been working this muscle that's made our lives with you bobbing on the top. Father, that's not the muscle we're going to work anymore. We're going to work this other muscle, this new muscle, and after a while, it becomes a habit to us and that becomes the automatic for us. Thank you, Lord. Let 2024 be the year because as we do these things and pack you in the right way, and put things in the right order then we are going to make a difference for you we're going to be a greater influence for your kingdom we're going to do everything with eternity in mind souls are going to be one into your kingdom we're excited to see what happens as we place you first we're going to have plenty of time for the rest but if we place you last we're going to have no time for you and the rest of the stuff is going to be awful so Lord we put you first and everything else is going to go well as we do as you impact it all for your glory And Jesus, we ask this in your name. And everybody said amen. Thank you for joining us this morning. Join us next week as we continue to learn from God's word and apply it to our lives.